Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tester, Wrestling.com, joined by Tony Deppen. Tony, how are you doing today? Uh, a little hot. I uh, just got done mowing my lawn, and now I'm going to the gym. <laughs> so busy, busy, busy. Busy you are. Uh, this upcoming weekend on Saturday, June 18th, you'll be challenging John Moxley for the GCW World Championship at GCW. You wouldn't understand. Definitely a big, big match. Want to talk all about that. But first, just in a more general sense, definitely want to talk about uh, your your run in GCW. It can't be called a run. You, from what I can recall, you've been involved with it for pretty much since the start. So just what does it mean to you to kind of be in this position now after you've you know really put in the work and, and been with GCW for a long time and watched it grow? Uh, so... I feel like this is more or less of just uh, like, because every I, I wrestle a lot of the younger kids, and then I randomly get a bone thrown to me. Like here, Tony, here's all the here's for all the work you've been doing. So I feel like what this that's what this might be. It's just like, hey, you've been putting the work in GCW. Now let's you know give you a reward for it. And the reward's not much bigger than you know me and John Moxley and at. And since I've been to GCW, that's my biggest match to date. So, like, I've wrestled for the title before against uh, Gage, but this is a whole new level right now. Does that feeling that it's kind of, you know, being thrown a bone, does that give you kind of a, a chip on your shoulder or anything? Does it motivate you? How does that kind of impact your, your mindset heading into the match? Uh, it does give me a chip on the shoulder, that's for sure. And I, I don't want people to think that I'm coming off as, like, ungrateful because I – I'm very grateful for the opportunities that I've been given at GCW. Come Saturday, I'm really going to show Brett why he's making a mistake on just randomly doing it every so often. Like, I feel like I have the, the ability and the talent to be put in this position more than just once every few months. I mean, you certainly do. We've seen you face a number of really top stars before this match year. I remember earlier this year, one of the bigger matches I can recall you've been in, in GCW was facing Thunder Rosa, the reigning, the now the reigning AW Women's World Champion. And we have seen you face a number of top stars here, but this is definitely you know a, a big breakout opportunity. I do want to mention you. Know, uh, you just mentioned the, I just mentioned the Thunder Rosa match, but uh, another big one that was at uh, the the World on GCW, the Hammerstein Show. Uh, in January, that was definitely a big, you know, landmark event for GCW. And again, as someone that's uh, that's been with the promotion for quite a while now, what that made you to kind of have the promotion reach that kind of a, a new height uh, to be at such a, a, a historic venue. Yeah, that was uh, like because I remember wrestling with GCW in front of literally like twenty five people. It was my first show I ever did with them, literally twenty five people, and I'm not exaggerating. And to see them go from that, just selling out the Hammerstein before any matches are announced was just, like, insane to me. And, like, I didn't even know if, like, what my match was going to be or what I was going to be doing. And I would be lying if I said that I wouldn't have been extremely mad if I weren't on the show. But thankfully I was. And I, it didn't go as according to plan. That's in such a, like, historic building. It's like... Like with GCW, I was able to compete at the Hammerstein Ballroom and Corrigan Hall in Japan. So you don't get much better than that. You mentioned traveling to Japan. We've seen you definitely travel a lot more lately now than maybe uh, even a year ago. Obviously, things have changed. Uh, travel restrictions have definitely opened up here. Uh, you recently wrestled for Rev Pro, and I wanted to ask you about that experience because, again, as I said, you know it is very different now. Uh, things are more open, and you can wrestle. Anybody can, can wrestle all over the world. So, have you found uh, that to be? You know, uh, I imagine that it's an, an exciting thing to be able to kind of have more uh, flexibility, more mobility, just to, to go around and go to different places to wrestle. 
Yeah, uh, prior to COVID shutting the world down, I was supposed to be in Eng or the UK for an entire month, and I was going to do a lot of other countries as well. But uh, then I didn't know I was ever going to get back over there. And to me, wrestling in England was almost as important to me as wrestling in Japan because I'm a very big person in the world of sports and the British style wrestling. So I was very happy that Rev Pro hit me up to go over, and I was very thankful that I was able to uh, be there with Ninja Mac, who's another GCW person as well. So it was nice to be there with somebody else. No, I wasn't completely alone. So um, for there, um, I did three main events uh, out of the five days I was there. And I, I main evented the first night. I wrestled Michael Oku, which is their cruiserweight champion. And I guess the promoter liked it so much that the next or yeah, the next night I wrestled um, Robbie X in the like, main event. Then the next night, I guess he liked that even more. And then he's like, oh, just so you know, when I got there, he's like, Tony, your main event. I was like, are you serious again? He goes, well, you gave me sold uh, Gabriel Kidd in the main event. And I, I, re I had a lot of fun with that match because it was more it was more wrestling than anything. Like it wasn't. It wasn't a wrestling style that you'd see in the, the States. It was like roll, roll controlled and roll slow. And I had so much fun with it. Like it was very relaxed to me instead of worrying about, you know, doing the most insane stuff all over the place. And because I did so well over there, I will be going back over. I can't say the dates yet, but I'll be going back over, over there. And I'll also be doing um, another, I'll be checking another country off the list when I go over next time. So. That's awesome. And again, it sounds like, you know, really you're on this great run now that you know, what literally wasn't really possible a year ago. Uh, Rev Pro being one, you worked a, a New Japan, uh, for three New Japan Strong, you worked a show for them in Philadelphia. You had to face Minoru Suzuki, you know, one of the biggest legends in the game right now. I have to imagine that was a pretty big, uh, pretty big match for you because, again, just given his kind of his track record and, and his reputation in the wrestling business. So what was that experience like? So I, I knew I was supposed to do New Japan for a while. Because uh, uh, some people were talking to me, about it, like, hey, uh, we want you to do this, this. I was like, okay, cool. And I was under the impression that it was going to be me, Dickinson, Homicide, and Brody versus some other person, like a, like a farewell to violence and limit, essentially. And I, and I figured that's what it was going to be. And then it was right after Joe and Suzuki had their match on AEW, and I got a tag. And like, oh, congratulations, Tony. And I was like, what? And, uh, there's a, there's a guy on Twitter, Tom's Customs. He always makes fake uh, match announcements. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that's what it was because somebody didn't read. They didn't quote tweet New Japan. They just saved the picture and then tweeted themselves. So I was like, well, what, what the hell is this? So I go to New Japan's page and I just like, wow. <laughs> like that when, when everybody else found out is when I found out. Like I remember sitting there looking at I, like I was I go, what the fuck? And my wife goes, what? And I'm just staring. She's like, what? What? I was like, remember how I thought this was for me? She's like, yeah. I was like, this is what it is. And she's like, oh, damn. So for my debut to be against New Japan's one of their top guys, I was like, okay, that that says something. And I'm hoping that, you know, things happen again with New Japan because I had a lot of fun working there. And I love everybody there. That, that you know, super nice to me. Like, I, I didn't feel like anybody was out, you know, slandering me. Like, I've been in some locker rooms where I feel like somebody's talking about me. But just like working with Suzuki, like the dude, he's a legend for a reason. And after working with him, I understand why the guy's a freaking legend. Like he is so good at everything he does. And 
then I talked to Rocky after the show and Rocky's like, Tony, uh, Suzuki put you over huge, just so you know. And I was like, well, that's good to know. I mean, that's obviously a big deal, again, giving Suzuki's uh, just track record, his paper success, his reputation, everything. Uh, so it's great to know that that's went well for you, and hopefully you'll be able to do more with New Japan moving forward here. Another big experience he had was working on AW Dark Elevation, facing John Silver pretty recently. Uh, that was definitely another big match as well, because, uh, you know, uh, obviously any anytime you get a match in AW Dark or Dark Elevation, it's kind of like a... Yeah, at the very least, it's an experience. It's an uh, opportunity to wrestle, you know, in front of a, a bigger audience, digitally at least. And then for for many, it often turns into a bigger opportunity. But at the very least, uh, uh, at least as a one-off, it's definitely a big opportunity. As well as your experience with that, like working for AW, even in, in that capacity. So I was supposed to do AW Dark in Philadelphia as well the week prior, and but they require uh, just so this to everybody that uh, they requ- still require COVID tests. Like, they're very strict on it, and it's great because they're looking out for everyone. So, uh, but my results, they're like, you need to be here at 1 o'clock, you know, yada, yada, yada. I was like, okay, okay. And my COVID results didn't get there. Like, I drove down to Philadelphia hoping they'd get there before the time deadline. And it was like 1.30, never came. So, I was like, okay, I went to a local uh, brewery in Philadelphia, you know, to drown my sorrows. And the, my results came at like three o'clock. Mm. So I was like, well, that's great. But then I was supposed to schedule to do the, the filled up or the Baltimore ones anyways. So um, originally I was supposed to be in a different match. Uh, but, you know, I obviously I know a lot of people there. And somebody's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I, I don't know. And they're like, well, I'm going to make sure you're doing something. So they made sure that like I got my match with John, who I wrestled a few times now and um i was also supposed i was also supposed to do the um the run-in uh with word the word load stuff okay so but um after i went out there you know that that's prime ring of honor territory you know like that's where we were running and uh um i get pulled aside by the uh extra coordinator like hey you're not going out there i was like why and they're like dude ring when you went out there they popped he's like you're a ring of honor guy and we don't really want to put you through like they didn't want to devalue me which you know i get it and i have a lot of respect for worrying about me as well like that that's great but also i was like i wanted the extra payday (laughs) so it didn't really bother me because i'm I'm a type of guy is like whatever you want me to do i'll do it like there's nothing beneath me. I like, I've been doing this for 17 years of my life. You know, I'm, I realize that no, not everyone's going to be John Cena, you know, and we, got, and I think people need to start looking at that. Like we're not all be John Cena and it takes a, a collective unit to make a card really great. So like, I was like, whatever. But then when I wrestled John, um, I, I got pulled to the side by, but you know, a lot of people that do agenting and they're like, Hey, you know, like you didn't, you didn't do a lot, but like you, what you did, you, it was perfect. Like everything you did, it meant something and you didn't overshadow anything. I was like, okay, cool. So like, and obviously I didn't get signed or anything out of it. And that's the only time I've been there, but it's probably not going to be the last time I do it. I'm just, I, you know, I do have kids. So like, I can't just always like three hours. I would drive a max of three hours to those shows if I could. But like, if they're asking me to drive like four and a half hours, I, I just physically can't do that, you know, with my kids. 
No, that makes sense. But I'm glad that you had a positive experience the first time around. And here's hoping that uh, you have more of a moving forward here. So I've wanted to ask you for a while. What is the best theme song in professional wrestling? And why is it We Built the City by Starship? I've absolutely loved they use that song ever since I started watching DCW. It's like it's the coolest thing. Um, so literally I was watching Matt, like some of the first matches I ever had the other night. And so this is from like 2009, 2010. And I still have this, I've never changed my theme once ever. Wow. Yeah. Like, and my wife goes, wait, you still use the same song. I go, yeah, I've, I've never changed it. And I chose it because, um, Rolling Stones put out, uh, the top like 50 most hated songs or worst songs ever created. And number one was we built the city. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to use this because it's like ranked as the worst song in the world. So I guess people must hate it. And I got like five years in and people were just like enjoying it. And I said to someone, I was like, oh, I'm going to change it to something else. And they're like, you can't change it. I was like, okay. And that was freaking like almost a decade ago. And I still have it. And I never thought it was going to be as popular as it is with the fans. Like I've had people singing it. You know, people going nuts. And now people are always like, whenever I hear it, I think of you. Like, so if that song ever gets popular again, I, I want royalties from them. Man. Like, I put I put in the work. I, I've i been pimping their song out more than they probably have. Been. For sure. And uh, it's one of my favorite parts of GCW shows when you when you come into the ring, have a, having that song play. So definitely look forward to hearing it this week. I want to face John Moxley. And just to circle back, because we had some connection issues earlier, you're facing John Moxley for the GCW World title Saturday. GCW, you wouldn't understand, in New York City. Big, big match. Again, what does it mean to you to be uh, in this match against a talent like Moxley challenging for uh, the, the GCW world title, given your connection with the promotion? See, here's the thing. Like, I, I have everything to lose and everything to gain from this. Moxley literally, like, if he loses and he loses the belt, well, I'm going to see him on TV next week. Like, he's really got nothing to lose off of this. Like. And like me winning this match and winning the title, it it would probably ensure that I get way more bookings even outside of GCW because a, a victory over Moxley and having a really good match at Moxley would elevate me to a certain like level that I feel like I need to get at. And I think Moxley is the perfect opportunity for me to do that. Like this is my home fed. I carried I helped carry this company through pandemic. I helped carry this company through the deathmatch phases when nobody wanted to come and wrestle at GCW. The only people who wanted to come wrestle at GCW were deathmatch workers. But if people like KTB and myself, we put the light on GCW. People were like, hey, they actually have wrestlers there. And then everybody started to want to come here when, you know, like I would, like I wrestled Jungle Boy. I wrestled, uh, I don't want to say his name because he just had some legal issues. But uh, somebody, you know, like he just he got released from NXT, you know, him, you know, and like I, 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 I highlighted these people through GCW and people then wanted to come work for GCW. I legitimately just had somebody message me, hey, I really want to work you at GCW. <laughs> I ignored it instantly because I was like, that's the stupidest thing somebody could say to me because I don't want to. It shows you don't give a shit about me or GCW's product. So like. I helped put that light on there. And I don't care if it makes you sound selfish because it's the truth. I'm a very selfless person in the ring, but I feel like what I've helped offer GCW is not the reason why they're in the point where they are and the, the popularity they are, 
but I am one of the pillars of it. Absolutely. Like you, you can't have GCW what it is today without a, uh, like a KTB or myself. Like we're the ones that eat shit. And we're the ones that, you know, we just, we keep eating it, and, but we just do it and we, we're happy to be there compared to some people I know that like they'd get mad if they had to do this or that. And I'm just like, Brett asked me to do something. I always go to like, what do you want out of this match? He tells me, I go, okay, this is what it's going to be. Then. And then I also, and doing that, like it doesn't devalue me, but you know, it, it sometimes hurts the amount of bookings I get because I'm wrestling the younger kids and the whole purpose is that to get them over with their moves. So they're doing everything to me. So they're the ones shining. And when somebody watches, like you can almost say it's like almost a glorified job guy, you know, but I'm winning. <laughs> so I don't know. But like I said, I, I never want anybody to take this the wrong way, but it's just the way I feel with constantly wrestling younger kids and you get eight minutes and that in six and a half minutes of that is them. You know, and, if, and if people, if people don't agree with me, I don't really care because it's the way I feel and it's what I, the way I feel because of the way that I do things. You know? There's no doubt you put in the work with GCW here and now it's about to pay off a big title match Saturday. GCW, you, you wouldn't understand against John Moxley. Definitely look forward to you can order on fight. For those of you who want to check it out, highly recommend it. I know I will. Uh, Tony, uh, where can people find you on, on social media, Twitter and everything? Uh, so don't bother with my Facebook cause I won't add you. I have like 600 people sitting in my friend request box. I hate Facebook. I use it for my, my business. Like through cause I have a brewery outside of wrestling. I, like I own a brewery with my friends. So I use it for that and family stuff only. So don't ever bother me there, but you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's Tony underscore Deppin. Uh, you know, I, I won't follow you on there, but you know, I'll interact with you because I don't know. I just don't care. <laughs> I, I genuinely hate social media. If it weren't for wrestling, I probably wouldn't have it. I just, it, it, it's too negative. Um, and then Instagram, it's Insta Deppin. I, I just post pictures of beer, my kids, and wrestling. So it's a good combo. Yeah, the, the trifecta. Well, that said, Tony, I wish you the, the very best of luck this weekend and, and moving forward. And I thank you for taking the time today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.